Hello, and welcome back to Dinner at Yiffenies with your host, Takeham Ironhoof. On tonight's episode, I'll be reading a collaborative story written by myself and the wonderful artist and author, Kalima. After I won a Your Character Here auction from Kalima, the piece got my creative juices flowing once again. I pitched the idea, then Kalima and I got to work. In the story, Takem and Kalima spend one last night together before being sent out to the front lines. However, they'll be on opposite ends of the war. On a different note, I'd like to give a shout out to the Hot Horse Herd, a group of equine furry artists. Members of the group include Dream Merchant, Kalima, Fuseler, Morgan the Marwari, and myself. In the episode description, I'll put a link to each of our Fur Affinity and Picardo pages. While we don't have a streaming schedule, you can sign up for notifications on Picardo to join in on our shenanigans whenever we kick off another stream. By joining any of our streams, you'll be able to see us all working at the same time. And with that, sit back, relax, and let us drift away into another universe of furry fiction and erotica. The Divide Prologue Memories by Takem Ironhoof and Kalima. With a little ring of the bell, the day's mail landed on the wooden floor of the tiny cabin in which Takem lived. The Ta'alian Empire provided each of their recruits with basic living quarters, nothing more than a roof over their heads and a bedroom to sleep in. The straw-filled mattresses were of the cheapest make, along with all the furniture that adorned the hastily made wood and sheet metal box they called a home. Even though Takem was of the royal bloodlines, he couldn't be treated any different from any other recruit, the idea being that, in ancient times, no horse was more or less important than any other. It was only the ones who fought and won who earned the right to stand out from the rest of the herd. However, the history of the Ta'alian Empire was of little concern to take him at the current moment. His mind was focused on when the day would come, the day that he'd be assigned to his unit. For the last month or so now, Takem was placed on standby, told to wait, and he'd receive a letter in the post for his assignment. Each day brought dread up until the moment those letters and adverts slid through the slot. Today was no different. Takem, after his daily exercise and shower, had been pacing around his hut, barely managing to be able to eat while the worry of when the day would come and the where and who of the unit he'd be a part of. He knew it could be either one of the two fronts, the canine or the feline fronts. But which one? He had heard the horror stories from each, neither being more or less terrible. Maybe his worries were all for nothing if it weren't for Kalima. Kalima, another recruit with whom he had taken a liking to. It was so strange to think about now, but their first interaction was in the sparring arena during close quarters training. Before then, while they knew one another, they hadn't spoken or spent much time with one another. Just her visage alone was interesting, the point that most noticed first. Her feminine form was something to be admired. It was obvious that she worked and trained hard, but what was more striking was her mane, tail, and coat color in pattern. For the coat color, 
It was an artist's tan, interspersed with green splotches over her whole body. Some would assume these were dyed spots of white, but it was only after Takem had begun talking to Kalima he discovered this wasn't the case. The mane and tail were much like Takem's own, but the colors were as different as night and day. From the roots to about halfway down, it was a beautiful peach-orange color, graduating to an aqua-green color. Again, according to Kalima, this was as natural as my bosom. Takem remembered being taken aback by this information, but it soon didn't matter. For six hours in the sparring arena, Kalima and Takem were tasked with not holding back to display all that they had learned so far. It was vital to their lives on the battlefield. Should an enemy get that close, they needed to be able to prove that they could handle the situation with ease. It was during this time that Takem learned more about Kalima on an intimate level. The tossing of each other's bodies, the dodged kicks, and all of the physical contact while wrestling on the ground gave Takem all he needed to know about her physicality. It was the little quips they passed to each other in the heat of the moment that had hooked Takem's interest, some of which came to him as he began to sift through the letters. That your best? Takem rumbled, taking a step back to counterbalance himself. One of Kalima's little striped feet came painfully close to catching him upside the head, so close that he had felt the breeze generated by it tickle the fine hairs inside his right ear. To her credit, the oddly spotted little red-dun mare only snorted and rolled her eyes at him. I don't have my license to kill yet, Takem, just my learner's permit. Her ears swept forward in his direction as she regarded him. Lucky for you, she added smugly. Her contrite nature was quickly replaced by her desire to not wind up pinned on the ground, though, thinking about it, maybe being pinned by him wouldn't have been such a bad thing in retrospect. Takem had managed to get one of his massive hands wrapped around her left bicep, and in return, Kalima had quickly taken the step forward necessary to lock her foot behind the feathered back of one of his. Kalima's ears disappeared into the silken tangles of her mane, flat against her skull and her jaw set with determination as she worked to deny him the win. With her leg between his and using her weight as leverage to take away his ability to throw her without throwing himself, Kalima had effectively both quelled the threat and opened up an entirely new chapter. Of course, she'd have had to be a complete fool not to notice exactly what had come to pass. After all, the wee mare's supple body was molded tightly to Takem's, highlighting the glaring differences between their physiques. Your time here is done, Takem. One move, you're down. Peering down at her delicate little face, Takem's grip on her arm shifted. He was hardly ignorant of the way her body fit against him. He could feel her heart thundering wildly in her chest against him, and knew each time she drew a breath, even without watching the gentle flutter of her dilated nostrils. I say when my time here is done. He couldn't help but chuckle as he sacrificed his equilibrium to take her down with him. You're mine, Mayor. Take him whispered into Kalim's ear as he gripped his hands tight and simply fell backward. In the space of an instant, as the two bodies were off balance, Takem deftly pulled Kalima close and rolled back, forcing Kalima over him, then under him as he pinned her to the ground. 
The faintest bit of worry shuddered through Takem when he heard the breath leave Kalima's body. He worried he had been too rough, but that was quickly dispelled. Kalima's eyes shot open again. A passionate rage filled them. With gritted teeth, she whipped her legs around Takem's torso, locking against his chest and pulling him down to the training floor with a heavy thud. She then whipped herself up, grabbing the stallion's legs to prevent him from using his natural weapons against her again. The pair were locked for only a moment before Takem realized he had been beaten. With hearty laughter, the two released. As if on cue, the chow bell for lunch rang as the newly formed friends continued to walk and talk. That was almost a year ago now, however. In the space between, Kalima and Takem had begun to date as much as two recruits could. Differing schedules, training regiments, and daily tasks often kept the two apart, but during the evenings, the two were almost inseparable. These thoughts filled the young stallion's head as he got to the final letter, and his heart sank. Today was the day he had dreaded all along. The envelope had a large red stamp stating movement orders on the front. He wondered if Kalima now had hers as well. Perhaps it would have come as a comfort for him to know that she had, indeed, received her orders. They say that misery loves company, after all. Maybe it would have eased the sting to know the dread that had developed in the pit of the little mare's belly and the ache that suddenly gripped her heart. She had known that such a day was coming. It was inevitable. They had trained to be used for this purpose and should have been ready for it, come what may. Takem hadn't been factored into that equation, nor the knots they had grown so accustomed to spending together. The paper in her hand may as well have read, It's over. Forget him. It's time for you to do your duty, and your duty does not consist of doing Takem Ironhoof. Kalima's icy Prussian eyes squeezed shut. The paper in her fist was slammed against a rickety oak table hard enough that the poor thing shook and creaked beneath the blow, protesting as its metal was tested by the heartsick mare. Her chest heaved with a heavy sigh as she fought to compose herself, forcing her ears to rise from where they had drooped to the side and her head to lift from where it too had fallen. The world was burning, and where once she fanned the flames, Kalima felt as if she was burning right along with it. Takem and her had already made plans to meet up today, and more than ever, the distraught mare needed to see him. Calming herself, Kalima pushed down her emotions, dried her face, and stepped out from her abode. Stepping from the cover of the porch, the midday sun was shining brilliantly in the cloudy blue sky. Kalima lifted her muzzle, taking a deep breath of the slightly cool breeze, while also taking in the scents of the kitchens and forges, a nostalgic mix she had known since she was a filly, just starting her education in combat training. The thoughts were brief, and she made her way down the row houses. Kalima couldn't allow her mind to be drawn elsewhere at the moment. There were too many things that were still left unsaid, things that she had intended to say and do, while falsely believing that her time wouldn't come. But today, it had. Kalima quickened her pace. Takem was probably already waiting for her. 
and waiting he was. Walking up to the old gnarled tree at the top of the hill behind the camp, Takem's mind was also fumbling over all of the what-ifs and maybes, the should-haves and could-haves. If Kalima had also gotten her litter, she would more likely be sent to the front lines. Takem, on the other hand, being of noble descent, was selected for reconnaissance and intelligence. He would be part of a small team consisting of other members of the royal houses of the tall Alien Empire. He certainly wasn't looking forward to be commanded by Tajiro, but there could be no discussion on the matter. It was just the way of the caste system amongst the Ta'alian Empire. It had been this way since long before our ancestor first walked upright for the first time. Tegum shook his head as the breeze caught his mane and tail, causing them to flow freely. Here, Kalima and Tegum were equals. There was no talk of the differences between those of royal blood and those who weren't. There was no worry about the protocols and procedures. Here, beneath the gnarled oak tree behind the camp, they were equals. Equids, who loved each other, even knowing the risks they had been taking since their younger days of sparring as equals. As these types of thoughts continued to flutter through Tegum's mind, he looked up to see Kalima coming up the thin, dirt path. Her arms were wrapped around herself and her muzzle pointed towards the ground. That was all Tegum needed to know that he was correct. They had both received those dreaded orders today. The gypsy Vanner stallion continued to stare at Kalima until she got within earshot. Trying hard to brighten the gloomy silence, Tegum stated, was starting to think. I got my orders today, Kalima interrupted. I figured. You've never been good at hiding your feelings, Takem replied. Kalima stopped just a few paces from where Takem was sitting under the tree. The breeze was stronger on top of the knoll, and as the wind whipped the reddish-orange and sea-foam hair of her mane and tail, chills ran down her spine. She took in the scene before her, desperately trying to suppress her emotions. But her resolve failed. Her knees weakened and her mind let go. A small puff of dust lifted as her knees hit the ground, tears rolling down her eyes. Taka moved towards his lover as she collapsed, attempting to be the rock that he knew he needed to be right now. Seeing her like this, though, cracked his shell. His eyes began to water as well. Kalima began to sob wordlessly as Takem wrapped her, drawing her into his chest tightly. The pair knew what the other was thinking without the need for words. Tomorrow, Kalima and Takem would start on two separate paths, paths that may never cross again. Their love was already forbidden. There was no changing that. This was simply another knife in the metaphorical heart of the matter, a physical separation with an uncertain future. After a time, Kalima was able to calm herself enough to break the wordless embrace. You know, I still remember thinking that I shouldn't have fallen for you. Told myself this was going to happen and I did it anyway. Takem pulled his head off of Kalima's shoulder and placed their foreheads together before replying. You're not the only one. We both knew this couldn't last. Let's not think about that. We don't have much time left. Separating, 
The two got off the ground, brushed each other off, and kissed briefly before Takem took Kalima's hand, leading her around to the other side of the tree. When Takem had first arrived at the knoll, he had set up a small dinner for the pair. By now, the sun was beginning to set, and the sky had faded from bright blue to various shades of purple and orange, some matching Kalima's coat tones. One of her delicately fluted ears twitched towards him once or twice, before finally swiveling away from the side of the sunset and off to the soft sound of his heart steadily thrumming in his broad chest. She could feel him watching her, studying her, maybe memorizing her. The thought that this was likely the last time they would see one another again left her feeling broken and distant. I... Kalima paused and shook her head, choosing to chase away her own words and replace them with actions. Wild grasses sighed as she pivoted on one foot towards the pinto stallion and quickly rose to tiptoe, tangling her fingers in the fabric of his shirt. Her eyes flitted to his ever so briefly before her lips found his in what could only be described as a passionate, desperate plea for that space and time to never end. For them, their love, their time together to remain wild, untamed, and evergreen. He had been her first and a great part of her wondered if he'd wind up being her last now that both were being shipped to war, and her part in that war would be anything but easy. She was nothing more than common fodder, hardly worth a damn, but that had worked to her advantage, as she had coasted under the radar, only being noticed by him, and for reasons that had nothing to do with everything she had kept hidden and tucked away from common sight. So many would die. Would she be among them? Would he? Kalima's eyes squeezed tighter shut, the long line of her lashes pressing into the tear-streaked rise of her cheekbones as she felt his strong arms envelop her into their protective embrace. His lips worked against hers, his mustache tickling her as their kisses became more and more frantic before absolving away into a tear-filled embrace. Any other time, She'd have paused to stroke the curled handlebars of that mustache. She loved it. She loved him. But now there was no pause to be made, no time to think it. This was to be a farewell neither would ever forget, one which the halfling Kelpie would etch into her memory and save for her dreams. While the two ill-fated lovers sat silently in their joint melancholy, the breeze picked up once again gentle, soft as a kitten's whiskers, but enough that it set the long stems of the wild grasses to sighing and singing, officially breaking the monotony of their awkward quiet. It did little to stir the equids. Their thoughts were focused solely on one another, stamping those final hours into the dark, deep recesses of their minds. At least there, time failed to march forward. At least there, their passion could be eternal. Time, however, was a river, ever flowing, never stopping, always finding a way to make its path steadily onward. The final vestiges of sunlight falling beyond the horizon was just one reminder of that sentiment. Albeit hesitant to untangle himself from the young mare in his arms, Takem studiously managed to fulfill his directive for the evening. He lit two candles, much to the chagrin of the wind, and uncorked a bottle of wine 
he had managed to smuggle from the officer's mess hall. Any other time, Kalima would have chuckled at his pilfering, but she simply looked on, forcing her ears to prick forward at the sound of the fine mold liquid filling their cups. They were wooden and anything but fancy. Standard-issue utensils were utilitarian, even for the officers, but details such as that were of little importance and immediately lost. For all she cared, they could have been the finest crystal. Raising his mug, Takem broke the verbal silence. To us. With less enthusiasm, Kalima raised hers and replied, To us. As the pair tipped up their cups, the moon began to crest on the horizon, shining brilliantly against a star-speckled amber sky. The harmonious chatter of woodland life drifted through the air as the pair began reminiscing about happier times past. The conversation began when the two were children, shaking and scared as the matriarch called down from her stage. Flowing forward, Kalima laughed about when Instructor Kalliser accidentally stabbed himself with a poison dagger and how training was cancelled for a week. Then, there was the day it was announced that those of noble birth would be separated to begin training in their family's specialities. A somber silence engulfed the two once more as the same thought entered both Takem and Kalima's minds. They had dealt with that separation. Maybe they could deal with this one as well. Though, for Kalima... As she turned away from Takem, looking toward the horizon, another thought overwrote everything else. Maybe it simply slipped her mind, or maybe the stress of the day made her forget. How could she? Kalima? Is something wrong? You've got a worried look about you, Takem questioned. A single, delicate ear flicked swiftly in his direction. Indeed, she was worried. Kalima had lived her entire life with a secret that, quite literally, meant the difference between life and death, should it ever be spilled and spoiled. As such, the young mare had never revealed it to anyone, even though it had complicated her life among the natural equines. Once, sometimes twice a month, she'd be forced to feign illness, seeking isolation from any and everyone, when the full moon rose and the tides began to shift. She could feel it then, just as she felt it at that very moment, a calling, a tugging, and a demand to which she simply couldn't capitulate or acquiesce. Her eyes closed. So many times she had dodged questions and answered with a half-hearted reply that she had been studying or meditating or some other nonsense, anything but the truth. As a child, her mother had made it explicitly clear that isolation was what she needed to do. The explanation as to why was always held above her head, some clandestine piece of knowledge that she'd have bequeathed upon her when she came of age as a rite of passage. That time never rose. She had already been assimilated into the world of the natural equines before the time she'd come of age. And when she did, the reason made itself clear all on its own. I'm fine, Kalima replied, desperate to save face. She even offered him a fleeting little smile as she considered jumping up and fleeing. That thought immediately kicked the proverbial bucket. She knew that Taken would only follow her out of concern for her safety. 
but the stirring in her womb had already begun, and she knew it was too late. Only the truth could set her free now, and it would result in her exaltation or execution at the hands of the man she loved. How fitting. Takem, in response, twisted his head a bit, still questioning what was going through Kalima's mind. Do you really think that after all these years we've been together, that I wouldn't know when something's wrong? She shivered at the sound of the softness in his voice. She could barely see him from beneath the thick, golden veil of her lashes. But what she could see was more than just concern written across his face. He was studying her. Another thought had pushed its way into Takem's mind. Perhaps it was just a trick of the light from the full moon playing its sterling fingers across her coat. But the mare before him appeared to be glowing. More specifically, the smatterings of teal spots across her body were positively radiant, shining like stars against the russet backdrop of the rest of her. As her eyes opened, she turned to finally face him and look him in the eyes. His silly thought was seeming it in reality. Klima was indeed glowing. Her usual shocking blue eyes glittered brightly, making that fact abundantly clear. The mare's mouth opened, but sound refused to leave at first, and she placed a hand squarely over her heart. She could feel it racing against her palm as both anxiety and lust continued to grow. Her nostrils dilated as she drew in a deep breath and released it slowly, sounding more like a squeaky balloon than the confident mare so many had come to know and rely on. The time had come to reveal her secret to the man she had loved for so long, and as if the night itself had come to aid her on her journey, its warm winds picked up, lofting her mane as it ran its invisible fingers through it and causing the glistening locks to flow in a manner almost supernatural. How much do you know about Kelpies, Takem? Tell me what you've heard, she asked. She already begun slowly unbuttoning her tunic well aware of her lover's intrigued and puzzled look. The stallion's ears whisked forward sharply in alarm. Kelpies? Takem exclaimed as he swallowed hard. Perhaps this was all a bad dream. Her glowing spots and eyes, the talk of fantastic creatures, the seductive way she was slowly undressing. It left him with an unusual mixture of both abject terror and undeniable arousal. Just what was it she was going on about? I mean, I know the stories we were all told as children about water monsters. They're just something parents tell their kids to keep away from the water and strange feral ancients, frightening them into safety. He shrugged, watching more and more skin be revealed. Slipping her arm free of the final sleeve she'd have to contend with, the offending garment was held up between them, captured between just two fingers, before it dropped into the tall grass and offered him a gentle nod. You and I both know there's a pinch of truth in every fairy tale. She all but sighed, propping herself up on her knees with her hands on the ground. Her face found itself scant centimeters from his before the gap was closed, and they rested cheek to cheek, lip to ear. Despite what you've heard, only some of it is true. She whispered ever so softly, we are dangerous. We do live in water. 
but we only do what is necessary to protect ourselves. We've been hunted to near extinction because people fear what they do not know. Kalima's teeth gently grazed the shell of his ear before leaning back and finding her feet fumbling with the buckles on her leather breeches. One thing you likely have not been told is that on the nights when the moon is full, things like clothing are almost suffocating. They're unnatural, uncomfortable. I just get so damn hot. Her voice drifted off as she continued to struggle to get the clasps undone. A Kelpie? Flesh and blood mythical monster? Something allegedly responsible for the deaths of children and fishermen alike. Something that left one fearful on misty nights near any body of water. They were supposed to be so very ugly, covered in mud and bog water, seaweed and algae tangled into their unkempt manes and tails. And there she was, shining, shimmering, splendid. There was no way, and yet, the look in her eye told him it was the truth. With a slight nervousness in his voice, Takem finally spoke. But you're not going to eat me, right? He couldn't help the chuckle that punctuated his words. Her head tilted at him, and her heart raced even faster, flat out galloping wildly within the cage of her chest. It was truly now or never. She needed to test and provoke him. She needed to know she could still trust him or simply allow him to end her there and then. A plan, however harebrained, was hatched. You're right to be afraid, she began as the final clasp was finally freed. The bronze buckles were so worn and old, it was no wonder they were giving the mare so much trouble. Before continuing, Kalima let out an appreciative sigh as she pushed her breeches down off her hips and kicked them free as they slithered down the length of her legs. Much better, she hummed, stepping free and standing before him in all her glory. The moon cycle brings with it a lust most undeniable. Sex or blood. It demands either and there's never a warning or indication of how the evening will go beforehand. That's why I isolate myself, Takem. But it seems we're both lucky tonight. Or about to be. Takem could only stare in pure amazement at the sight before him. Kalima standing there, directly in front of the swollen, full-rising moon as it inched higher and higher away from its bed at the horizon. She was a painting in motion, brought to life by the loving hand of an artist simply known as time and nature. Her beauty radiated in a way that he had never truly been able to appreciate until that exact moment, watching her as she shone brightly. She was a dream. She was magic. His consciousness abruptly returned him to the moment and task at hand. The tightness of his breeches had become increasingly present, nearly to the point of absolute pain, and with it had come the dissipation of fears, replacing it with desire. What do you mean by lucky, Kalima? Takem questioned. Kalima cracked a sly smile, answering, Well, when a stallion and a mare love one another, I know how sex works. 
You said we were both going to get lucky, and I assume there's more to it than getting laid, Takem replied. I'll be blunt, Takem. Had it been a night for bloodlust, you would not be alive when the sun rose in the morn, she explained, deadpan. Beyond that, just the fact that I'm telling you any of this means that I've placed an enormous amount of trust and faith in you. Before I was separated from my parents, even as a child, I was told never to speak of my identity to natural equids. I can feel it in my bones, Takem, that you knowing this is a threat to my very existence and the existence of my people. Silence span between them as the stallion absorbed her words and their meaning and watched the seductive sway of her hips as she shashayed towards him. The moonlight soaked her nubile young body, highlighting her every curve and the pretty lines of her delicate, aberesque face. When she finally came to rest, standing so close to him that he could have reached his tongue out to run it along her pubic mound, and he'd have been a liar had he claimed the thought didn't cross his mind, he was powerless to do much more than bask in her glory. The scent of her heat, the heady notes of night-blooming jasmine and salt breezes, was nearly overwhelming. His cock flecked instinctively within the painful tight confines of his breeches. He shuddered roughly as she lowered herself, straddling his waist as she came to rest against him. Stars alive, Takem could feel the heat of her lust-inflamed sex against his shaft. His hips shifted, demanding more contact, better contact, with that divine part of her perfect body. You were too slow, it seems. You know the legends? A Kelpie never allows its prey to escape once it has it in its grasp. Kalima's voice was low and husky and damn near close to a possessive growl as she spoke and waited to see just how he would react. Escape, Takem thought briefly. Even if he wasn't mesmerized by the mare before him, escape was the furthest thing from his mind. He chuckled before replying to Kalima's obviously playful words with sarcasm. Oh no, the sexy, scary mare sitting in my lap has captured me. Whatever shall I do? While Takem had a large grin on his face, he saw no such jovial expression from Kalima. Instead, Kalima yawned in a display that revealed her fang-like eye teeth and the sharply back-curved ones that lined her jaws behind her equine fronts. No sooner did her lips close than she had easily pulled Takem's hidden dirk out from the backside of his belt. Cold fear mixed with the heat of his desire, sending a chill through the stud that settled in the pit of his belly. He froze, choosing to allow the mare to do as she pleased until he was certain of what she was doing. Klima could feel the shift of his tension as she picked up one of his hands, closing his fingers tightly around the dagger's hilt. Raising the point of the blade to the skin of her throat, she placed the tip against a clearly visible pulsating artery. Her head tilted off to one side, her mouth falling scant inches from Takem's ear as she gave him full access to her life vein and the means to sever it. Foolish stallion. You dare to mock me? I'm giving you a choice. Either you fuck me or you kill me here and now. Her words sent a fresh rush of blood through him, erasing the chill, 
his ears pinned at the sound of her calling him foolish and the implication that he'd ever seriously choose to end her. The hand with the dagger lowered, tossing it off into the grass somewhere to his side, while the other wrapped itself around her upper back and drew her in closer. He could feel the sinews of her body begin to relax, and his heart nearly shattered with the realization that she had been poised to react had he chosen the other option. He crooned, placing the gentlest of nips to her throat where the blade had been, claiming it as his regardless. We'll discuss who the greater fool is later, Mare. Takem's confidence was only bolstered by the feel of her melting against him and the subtle roll of her hips grinding her loins against him. He knew just how to please her. It certainly wasn't the first time the pair of lovers had made it, but the energy in the air that night was something neither had experienced before. It left them nervous and raw, and it wasn't long before the mare couldn't take it any further. Rocking back on her knees, she threw care to the wind and quickly tore his tunic open, with a less than dainty huff of effort. Buttons flew in every direction, scattered and lost to time itself, as she eagerly surveyed the heated flesh she'd exposed with her actions. Takem had given her his answer, and it was the one she had hoped for, but never dreamed would come. What would happen between the pair would be unprecedented. It would be beautiful. It would likely haunt them for the rest of their lives, and for Kalima, that was a very, very long time. Rising from Takem's lap, she reached for his waistband with a sense of desperation he couldn't quite register. Wordlessly, the pair worked in tandem to quickly free the stud's manhood and legs from his restrictive garment. It was an immeasurable relief once the stallion's massive cock sprang free from its cloth cage, its half-masked girth bouncing lightly and taking full advantage of its freedom. Such actions hardly went unnoticed by Kalima, who gazed upon his member with a look of desire that almost frightened the stallion. But the moment she took his shaft in her small hands, his fears immediately eased. One stroke became two, and before he knew it, the warm wetness of her satiny lips and tongue had engulfed the greater parts of his sensory system. He couldn't help but moan a heavy breath, half-closing his eyes as she thoroughly enjoyed the process of readying her partner for further pleasure. Takem lay back on the ground, guiding Kalima's positively dripping sex to the lips of his muzzle. On the other end, the full girth and length of his impressive cock stood firmly erect with a generous dollop of precum leaking from his tip. The mare shivered at the sensation of his hot breath blowing across her most sensitive region as she dutifully licked his cream from his cock head and set back to sucking and stroking him as best she could. That was all the invitation Takem needed to dive tongue first into Kalima's heated snatch. As Takem's hips reflexively, yet carefully, thrust upwards to meet his lover's talented mouth, he explored the swollen folds of her labia for the first time. Slowly, he traced them with tongue and fingers alike, desperately memorizing every detail he could. It wasn't long at all before her juices, mixed with his saliva, thoroughly glazed his muzzle, trapping him with her scent. And something new about that scent was driving him positively wild. 
One hand held her hip steady, keeping her from bucking against his face as she often did in the height of her pleasure, while the other gently spread her tiny pink slit open just a little bit more before he circled her hypersensitive clit with his tongue and plunged it within her. The hand on her hip tightened to steady her and keep her still as she gasped and moaned around the head of his cock, nearly breaking his concentration. A single finger had replaced his tongue, massaging her clit as he rhythmically pumped his tongue in about, fully tasting and coaxing out the ambrosia of her body. Distracted and held fast as she may have been, the mare couldn't help but close her thighs around his head. Even before they had begun, the lust-driven mare had been worked into a frenzy, and this was nearly too much for her to handle. The night air was quickly filled with the sounds of their pleasure, though such a melody was quickly ushered along by the breeze. More. Take em, please. Kalima gasped as the waves of her climax subsided, and her grip on both of his heads was released. A quick nip to the globe of her ass cheek and guidance from the hand he'd placed on her hip spun her around to face him. He could register the surprise of her face, the lust, the adoration, the passion, and take him sealed it with a heavy kiss, one that left her able to taste herself on his tongue and lips, one that left them both intoxicated and shuffling to guide her into position. The fat, swollen head of his cock drugged through the folds he had so gently and carefully laved and loved with his tongue mere seconds prior. Her hips rolled as if she felt it catch within the entrance of her core, and it was obvious that he, too, had been all too aware of the sensation of being squeezed and popped into place within her velvet vice. His hands closed tightly on the swell of her hips, and with one nearly violent upward thrust of his hips, he pulled her down upon the length of his cock, sheathing himself within her completely. Kalima's body went rigid instantly, and her head was thrown backwards in a stunning display of erotic capitulation and surrender. He could feel her body convulsing and milking the length of his cock as her second orgasm ripped through her body and left her nearly broken and boneless. Kalima! He commanded her attention, holding her in place as the quivering began to subside. He could feel her juices trickling from the place where their bodies joined and followed the contour of his heavy balls. Kalima, look at me. She did. Her head tipped forward and she peered back at him through narrow, glowing slits. I want to see your face. I want to remember you like this. His voice rolled like distant thunder. She could feel it, as much as she heard it, and it did nothing to ease the desire she felt for him. Her fingers reached to stroke his cheek and neck at about the same time his hips thrust into her again, albeit far more gently this time. Kalima's breath caught and released in a long, breathy moan that turned into what could only be described as a strained whine as her body reacted and rocked to meet his thrust for thrust. Even her tail swished and snapped before being held high and off to the side, as if that would help ease the intense sensations generated by their coupling beneath the pale moon. I love you, Kalima. Takem gasped, digging his fingers into the flesh of her hips 
as he pistoned into her, no longer able to restrain himself against the tide of emotions that swept over him. Love, lust, awe, sadness, anger. All of it crashed against him like a wave against the rocks, and it radiated through him into the love astride and all around him. And that was all the weak Helpy, in all of her shivering beauty, could take. One further upsweep of his magnificent cock, and the way its flaring head kissed against the mouth of her womb, set the elegant creature off. Keep looking at me! He called to her, reaching to cradle her cheek in one of his massive hands, as he felt her body tighten and writhe all around his shaft, begging him to finish, begging him to fill her with his essence. His name was a mantra on her lips, thick and husky, and barely able to be made out as legitimate speech, as she gasped and bucked erratically against him, grinding hard and fighting to keep him buried and completely hilted within her, as instinct demanded and dictated. She could barely hear him babbling beautiful words of endearment to her over the sound of the blood rushing in her ears, but froze at the first feeling of his burning hot seed splashing against her womb. Takem was positively clinging to her as rope after rope of potent cum emptied into her from his tightened balls. Beneath himself, he could feel his tail twitching against the ground, tangling the thick hair of itself within the grasses, and he didn't care. All he cared about was the mare astride him, receiving his essence, receiving life. Neither one was aware of the full implications and ramifications of that final night spent beneath the light of a ripe moon. Neither one paused to think about a damn thing beyond soaking up the very last vestiges of their ill-fated romance and attempting to pretend that the dawn would never come. They lay there in their tarnished afterglow, tracing lazy shapes and patterns over one another's coats, silently communicating in a language only the heartbroken could ever begin to understand, until the moon shifted towards her place of rest. Kalima's ears hesitantly twitched in the direction of the crickets and peepers, listening as their lilting songs of summertide began to wane and give away to the sonata of the rising sun, sang by any number of birds that had begun to wake in preparation of greeting the first rays of light and warmth. The mare's eyes closed in acknowledgement that their borrowed time had run out. Don't open your eyes, she whispered to him, stroking trembling fingers along the strength of Takem's jaw. The stallion's own fingers traced the swell of her hip, memorizing the curve with his touch. Why? he asked, his voice soft and thick with the haze of adoration and melancholy. Because maybe, just maybe, if we don't open our eyes, then it really isn't morning, and none of this is really happening. Tegum's heart threatened to shatter under the weight of her words. He rolled to envelop her in his arms, drawing her little form tight to his chest and lips pressed tightly to the silken rust of her mane and forelock between her ears replying with words that seemed as though it would cheapen the moment, and there was absolutely nothing that he could have said to ease the pain. 
Their goodbye was far longer, far more drawn out than either had expected. Forehead to forehead, heart to heart. The pair had stood in silence, simply sharing breath in space as the sun rose to claim what the moon had held wholly mere hours before. Regardless, bravery and duty won out over the desire to ignore the world and the implications of desertion. The mare of sunset and seafoam went one direction, the stallion of ash and dusk parted in the other. With neither part aware of the wee beginning spark of life, the evidence that they had indeed loved one another. Now cradled in the safety of Kalima's womb, or the stories that would unfold for all three creatures bound tightly together. And with that, we've come to the conclusion of our story. I sincerely hope that you've enjoyed tonight's episode. Again, be sure to check out the Hot Horse Herd by checking out the links in the episode description. Each of the members are incredibly talented artists and deserve so much love. More specifically, make sure to go check out Kalima's for affinity page as she's almost always open for commissions or has a Your Character Here going on. I really want to thank Kalima for collaborating with me on this story as it adds another layer of depth to a much longer story that I've been working on for years. Lastly, I would like to thank you for once again joining us on Dinner at Giffany's. The feedback that I've received since starting the podcast has been wonderful and it puts a huge smile on my face every time someone tells me how much they enjoy hearing these stories. This has been Dinner at Yiffany's with your host, Take a Ironhoof. Good night and come again. <laughs>